We're outside the travel agency, a cannabis store that's got everyone buzzing. When I walked in, I felt like I was in the elite of the skies, like I'm about to get elevated and lifted in the best way. Got the important essential things. I need sleep, so tinctures, salves to relax my body, right? The best New York flower. Come down to the travel agency and see for yourself. For use only by adults age 21 and older. Keep out of reach of children and pets. In case of accidental ingestion or overconsumption, contact the National Poison Control Center. Consume responsibly. Blog Talk Radio.
Sorry, folks, I am having technical difficulties on not being able to connect to the Internet, so I just ask that you bear with me. Meanwhile, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of Reality in Christ, Worship, and Word here on Blog Talk Radio. And as I try to figure this out, I'm just going to open up with the word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father, I thank you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ for all that you have done and for what you are doing in our lives. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus for just your continuous grace and your mercy. Father, for your love and peace that passes all understanding. And Father, I thank you that as as we embark on this journey, that you will, that you will go into what you've called us to be. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. Father, Jesus, thank you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for you are worthy. For you are worthy to be praised, Hallelujah. I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Father, I thank you for you are worthy to be praised. I thank you for your patience and bearing with me as I get my technical difficulties worked out because I'm sitting here and I don't have access to my studio at the moment. So now that I'm getting regaining access, I'll be able to start the worship portion of my show And we are going to begin with Alabaster Box. Thank you all once again for just for your patience and bearing with me. (laughs) 
to the tears that made her She felt such pain, some spoke in anger, heard folks whisper, there's no place in for her Still on she came, through the shame that flushed her face, until at last she knelt before his feet. And though she spoke no words, everything she said to her, as she poured her love to the master, from her thoughts of alabaster, died come to my praise on him, like all from Mary. Don't be angry if I wash your feet with my tears And I dry them with my hair You weren't there the night it found me You did not feel what I felt when he To the sin that had me bound I spent my days Poured my life without measure Into a little treasure box I thought I found Until the day When Jesus came to me And healed my the wonder of his touch. So now I'm giving back to him all the praise he's worthy of. I've been forgiven and that's why I love him so much. And I come to pour my praise on him like all If I wash his feet with my tears and dry them with my hair, my hair, you are there. The night Jesus found me, you did not feel what I felt when he wrapped his loving arms around me.
Okay, folks, sorry about that. Technical difficulties with our uh, connection here on the Internet. Um, I want to thank my friend Brenda Ward for listening in incognito, not in the chat room, but much love to you, Brenda. I'll probably give you a call later. Um, I'm going to get right into the word. I'm going to take the scripture from three places. Psalms 91, Matthew 11, chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. And then I am going to take scripture from uh, Luke 11, 17, because I'm trying to tie it up. And yes, there's going to be a little political slant to my message tonight. So, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for it is he who delivers you from the snare of the trapper and from the deadly pestilence. He will recover he will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings will you seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, or of the arrow that flies by day, or of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, or of the destruction that lays waste at noon. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand but it shall not approach you. Excuse me. You will only look on with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked, for you have made the Lord my refuge. Even the most no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent, for he will give his angels charge concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will beat you up in their hands that you do not strike your feet against stuff. They will bear you up in their hands that you do not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread upon the lion and cobra. The young lion and the serpent you will trample down because he has loved me. Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him securely on high because he has known my name. He will call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue and honor him. With a long life, I will satisfy him and let him see my salvation. Matthew 11, 
for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In the last scripture, Luke eleven seventeen. And this this verse may is going to seem out of place in light of what I just read, but you'll understand in just a minute once I once I uh, start talking. Luke eleven seventeen. I start at verse 14 so you can have the full context of the scripture. And he was casting out a demon, and it was mute. When the demon had gone out, the mute man, crowds were amazed. But some of them said, he cast out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Others, to test him, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. But he knew their thoughts and said to them, Any kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say, that I cast out demons by Beelzebub, and if I by Beelzebub cast out demons, by whom do your sons cast them out? So they will be your judges. But if I cast out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. When a, full, when a strong man fully armed guards his own house, his possessions are undisturbed. But when someone stronger than he attacks him and overpowers him, he takes away from him all his armor on which he had relied and distributes his plunder. He is not, he who is not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. Now, I know that that scripture that I just read right there seemed completely and totally contrary to what I just read, and that's fine. But here's here's my here's my um, point. There are many believers who are really. Um, They're really weary over what's going on um, with our economy, the plight of our nation. You have many extremes. You have a lot of Christians, specifically within my community, the black community, who have traded in the one true God for a false idol the current president. You have other Christians who just have given up and they don't want to fight at all. They don't want to do anything. They just want to uh they just want to cry and scream and complain. 
And thus, instead of relying on our fortress, our refuge, our rest, our salvation, our identity is in Jesus Christ, but yet we want to put our strength government in man and our own abilities. And folks, that can't work. And I'm speaking from experience. It cannot work. Just because someone is a good orator from a pulpit does not mean they have a clue about what they're talking about. Because many men, many women are standing in this pool, these pulpits. They read from the Bible, and they have no clue about what they're saying. And I'll tell you why. Because they don't weigh what they preach through the prism of God's love. They open their mouth, and the first thing that comes out is a condemnation of someone for some reason. But that's not how God flows. And, folks, you really need to understand that Jesus Christ on Calvary for our sins. And guess what? Now, I'm going to let you know something. When we sin, it's no longer because we have a sin nature. It's because you choose to sin. Before Jesus Christ died, we were under a sin nature. After Jesus Christ died, he destroyed that nature. So now the responsibility is back on you and me when we sin because Jesus already gave us an open door. So kill that excuse. Stop blaming God for something that he already already died for. We sin because we're selfish. Because we can't even take up, we can't even take up what, we can't embrace what God has given us. And then you wonder why we have a hard time reaching people. Folks, we don't even witness right. We go up to a person and tell them they're going to hell because they're sin. No, they're going to hell if they so choose to go. It's because they refuse to embrace the free gift of salvation. And then I know someone out there is going to want to argue semantics. It's in a word. But just like with everything else, we want to cut and paste instead of read the word for what it really is. But let me break it down to you like this. If you are still a sinner saved by grace, you're not saved because the Bible is very clear that light and dark, the Holy Spirit and the sin nature, for those of you who need to hear it, cannot exist in the same place. So either you're saved or you have a sin nature. It's not both, folks. And either you're going to believe God for what his word says or you're not. 
That's the choice. That's why we're running around here, wringing our hands, so afraid of everything that's going on, because we don't even believe God for his word. Romans 5, 8, God commended his love towards us in that while we were yet, were the word, word, W-E-R-E, is a past tense, meaning was at one time, not present tense. We have to embrace who we are in Christ. That's why Jesus told us to come unto him when we are burdened. Folks, if we were capable of doing it ourselves, we would not have any need for salvation. But here's the problem. We're not even acknowledging that Jesus did. We're still saying that we need to do more. We're still saying that Jesus, what Jesus did on Calvary, was not good enough because we don't fully believe that Jesus died for all sin, past, present, and future. Folks, we have to stop blaming the Lord for what we choose to do. And I know people want to talk about sins of omission and commission. Folks, sins of omission and commission, okay, you got to remember one thing. Under the, under the old dispensation of grace before, before Jesus died, a person could go through an entire year not committed in acts of sin and still have sinned. Why? Because of the sin nature. Jesus had not yet paid the price. Sin is still in this world. That's why this earth has to be destroyed. But Jesus paid the price on Calvary. Whether you choose to accept his gift or not, that's your choice. And if you choose not to accept the free gift of salvation, That's what sends you to hell, not your sin, because Jesus was punished for your sin. The fact that you don't embrace that, hey, that's on you. So you still live a lifestyle sin that you've already been forgiven for, but yet, and I know I'm throwing people for a loop, but that's fine. It's in a word. But what about Paul says, sometimes I do what I don't, I do what I don't want to do, and I do what I do, I do that which I should not do, and I don't do what I should do. One thing you have to remember, folks, Paul was still playing a tug of war. Because for many years, remember, for many years, he was a rabbinical. He's a rabbinical. He was a rabbinical rabbi, teacher 
of the highest sect of Jewish law. He was very legalistic. And when he came to know, truly know Jesus Christ, his spirit was warring. That's why Paul was still growing. That's why Paul himself said, some things I speak as a man and some things I speak by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. But the problem is we took, we took more things that Paul spoke as a man, made a doctrine out of it, than the things that, that he spoke by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Case in point, women preachers. Paul was not talking. God did not say women were not to preach and teach in the churches. Paul was given specific instructions because of disruptions in his churches that he started. How do you know that? Easy judges. The most prominent judge in the book of Judges was a woman, Deborah, the prophetess, and a judge. Because before the nation of Israel had kings, they were ruled by judges. General Barak told Deborah, the prophetess, that she that he would not go into battle unless he unless he was led by her, unless she led him and the armies into battle, and she did. Let me break it down for you like this. God didn't change his mind. What it is is that we have a lot of we have a lot of egotistical males who choose to be chauvinists rather than knowing and seeking and Searching the heart of God. And I'm sorry, I just stepped on somebody's toes, but guess what? You'll get over it. Because the problem is this, and this is bringing me to my last scripture, Luke eleven seventeen. The division that takes place in, this, in the body of Christ is ridiculous. Denominations are not biblical, period. But yet we divide along the lines of race. Um, we churches over colors of carpets and all this garbage. If you're my brother and sister in Christ, I should be able to love you because of that. I should not look on you with suspicion because you're my you're a different skin color than me or because I might because I come from the charismatic um background and you come from a uh, Baptist background so you automatically dislike me because I believe in spirit the gifts of the spirit and I'm praying in tongues which I do and I can show you the biblical precedents for that, but that'll be for another day. So 
folks, we are to weigh everything through the prism of God's love, not be full of hatred, bitterness, and anger. I got into it with someone yesterday when I was trying to bring peace, but this individual totally misread my heart. It hurt. People arguing over a stupid Coca-Cola commercial. We want to talk about cultural pride and all this garbage. But if you are a professing believer and you put more pride in your culture than you do in your relationship with Jesus Christ, I think you might want to rethink your priorities. Because it's ridiculous. If I cannot love you because of the Christ in you, I don't want to love you at all. Don't tell me that I can't hang out with a certain group of people because I'm not the I'm not their type or whatever. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, I should be able to walk into your church and feel the love of God. But the problem is we have too many people who continually think that they are better than everybody else. And I say enough is enough. This nation has been divided, being divided, by those who currently are in rulership, And we're fighting among ourselves I care about people. Folks, a lot of you who are within the sound of my voice, y'all have a lot going for you. Y'all have a whole lot going for you. My journey is still being written. Plans that I had fell through. But I'm not going to quit. I got my relationship with the Lord. And from there, everything else being built. If you do not weigh everything you do through the prism of God's love, you have nothing. You have nothing. So I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I am a clanging brass and a tinkling cymbal. Yes, you would just be making a whole bunch of noise. 
And folks, you, we need we need to start pulling the logs from our own eyes before we try to p- remove the speck from somebody else. We have the power and the authority in Christ Jesus, but many of you don't understand, you don't know, you don't realize what you have. You better wake up before it's too late. Because our numbers are few and far in between. You have 1,500 people, pastors, ministry, that leave the faith, Christian faith, a month. 1,500. Folks, our strength is in Christ Jesus. Our identity is in him. Many want to talk about our our living a life of holiness. Folks, you're not capable. You don't have what it takes to live a holy life. Because the only thing that made you holy is the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you cannot get that, I want you to sit down and do a self-examination and think how you've treated people. True holiness comes through how you treat others. Love. And I'm not talking the societal kind of love. I'm talking the love love that's based on a choice. Unconditional love out of which every other kind of love flows. Without love, folks, we are nothing. Without love, church, we are nothing. Let me repeat it again. Without love, we have nothing. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the message that you gave me to speak today, Lord. And I pray in the name of Jesus that it be a word of encouragement to those who needed to hear it in due season and out of season. We give you glory, honor, and praise. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Well, folks, I'm only doing a uh, one-hour show today, or a few minutes after that. Um, I am going to play uh thing to me. I think I already played that. 
Let's see. Hmm. Oh, I got it. I'll play uh, Stay With Me. This is a very dear friend of mine, Judah Myers, beautiful voice, pro-life speaker, lover of the Lord. This is her song. She did a duet. And um, I want to thank you all for tuning in. And tune in this Sunday for another inspired message. If we can get it started, let's see. Well, all I can say is Satan's a liar. Sometimes uh, I was still on the phone, so I know that I know that my message got through, even though I didn't get to see the soundboard. So. Figure this out. We will, we will figure this out. If not, I will just send my show, and we will tune in next week or not. Okay, here we go. Try this one more time. Okay, I got it now, and this is going to end the show. Here we go. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and end the show because it doesn't seem like it wants me to play. <laughs>